cul-de-sac contemplating murder. Swerving with my circus, looking for a purpose. Still the clean record, hope got another surface. Hey, Canteeners, welcome back to episode 60. 60, we're gonna do we're gonna change it up a little bit. We're gonna try to kind of stay away from politics, but may throw a little bit in here in there, you know, here and there. Uh, we had planned on all three of us uh having a few drinky drinks while we did this, but uh I don't see anything Roger's doing right now. I it looks like coffee he's drinking. Maybe he's got some Baileys or Sambuca in it. Josh is already throwing them back. Have a good old time. But uh, yeah, I, you know, earlier today I, I, had, I had some pain, so I, I took a uh, took a, a painkiller, and uh, I was like, after I took it, I was like, oh yeah, not a good idea to mix uh, alcohol with uh, painkillers. That's how Heath Ledger died. So as Josh is drinking, we'll tell all our YouTube viewers out there so we don't get canceled. If you're going to drink, drink responsibly, and if you're underage, do not drink. Don't break the law. So, there you go. We're good with YouTube. So, uh, let's give a shout-out to Carlton Zeus, first of all. Thanks for that intro music, Alpha Child, and uh, we appreciate you letting us use that. It's a catchy tune. And if we have listeners out there that haven't gone and like listened to that on, on iTunes, head on over there and t- give it a listen, and give his other songs to listen to, uh, too, because he, he, it's good stuff. And... Um, yeah, that's. I can't think of anybody I want to shout out. Uh, maybe Chris for try, uh, offering to buy our domain name <laughs> for whatever price we ask, and he's going to resell it for a fair price. So, hey, Chris, thank, thanks for that, and uh, thanks for everybody uh, for sharing. Uh, when Josh put the guilt trip on you, he's being mean, Josh, that day. And uh, <laughs> so, thanks for sharing. It really does help out, and we we do see a reflection on that because I, I think our listens on uh, episode 59 kicked up really high and there's a lot of reasons for that and not necessarily because we get new listeners but sometimes uh you know you'll miss the the facebook post or you'll miss this on your timeline you don't realize a new episode is out but when it's shared uh the the algorithm on facebook or uh twitter or anywhere uh refreshes and it, it pops up on people's timeline so we appreciate y'all sharing uh please keep it up and uh kick it to josh for some shout outs all right, hey everybody, real quick, uh, some shout outs. Hey, first off, I want to uh, shout out Isaac down in uh, down in Louisiana. Uh, appreciate you, uh, you know, checking us out. Chatted last night. You, everybody, you can go check out Isaac's uh, podcast. He is the Cajun Conservative. You can find him on all the podcast platforms: Apple, Spotify, Amazon, everything. Uh, just a fantastic guy, and uh, he's true Louisiana. He's south of I ten, Louisiana. So, uh, so Leaf, don't worry. He's uh, he's one of you. You guys are probably related somehow. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everybody down there is. Uh, <laughs> no, man. Hey, we're uh, we're looking forward to uh, to hopefully having Isaac on pretty uh, pretty soon. Um, hey, Don down in Atlanta. Hey, appreciate you listening, Don. Appreciate the uh, the support and uh, and Camille down in Atlanta. We really appreciate you uh, listening. I mean, granted, you know your family and you're kind of obligated to, but you know as Luke always says, the first people that always let you down are friends and family. They're always the first man. It's always the strangers that support you. So hey, he's spot on. It's always the friends and family that let you down. So uh, those are my shout outs uh, this week. Yeah, but hey, you know, to echo Luke, hey, Chris, we'll give you a hell of a deal on the domain name, man. A hell of a deal. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to throw it over to Roger for, uh, hey, for Roger's shout-outs. Hey, if you bought, bought, bought $10,000 worth of Apple, 
uh, you, know, tw- you know, 20 years ago or whatever went public, you know, you'd be a rich man. And that's maybe the, the angle maybe. Chris has taken. Why yeah, I'm, not hating on him. I'm not hating on him. Well, I want to give a, a shout out to my wife because uh, I think for the first time I actually got her to like one of our posts. She didn't share it yet, <laughs> but I got her to hit the like button. She was like, she actually sat next to me. We're sitting there and I'm playing Xbox. She's like, there. I'm like, what? She goes, you see, I just hit like. Like, hey, thanks for supporting your husband and, uh, you know, his hobbies or whatever. But, no, for real, it's, uh, you know, there's, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to throw it up on our Facebook page here. But uh, we, we brought him up before, this guy, Mike, uh, who I used to serve with back in the day. He's out in uh, Tullahoma, Tennessee. But he just started his uh, small business, Pops Smoked Meats. And I will tell you this, I mean, nobody knows more about smoking meat than, well, maybe Josh does, but uh, than, than Mike does. And from, every, from everything that I've heard uh, and all the reviews and all the comments and all that stuff, I mean, the stuff is fantastic. And I was chatting with him earlier today and I asked him, I was like, hey, man, how's business going? And, and he's literally like having to, you know, tie in his son to all this stuff. He's got a 15-year-old boy at home and he's like, hey, I'm about to get him to help me out. And now they're looking at trying to do some like local deliveries or like overnight shipments and this and that. So I'll throw up his link if you're anywhere in the neighborhood. Uh, definitely hit him up if you're looking for some food, that type of stuff. And I think his wife is getting ready to kick off a uh, T-shirt company. I think they just invest in a lot of equipment and stuff like that. And, you know, it's we were doing a lot of plugs for small businesses. And, and I, you know, I can't stress the importance of not just small businesses, but like these really home run small businesses, because, you know, as everybody was coming out of COVID and everybody's jobs were up in the air and this and that, except for Luke, because he's a government employee, um, I can say that right. Yeah, that's right. So, but the rest of the folks, you know, they're just trying to make it in there or just catch up right to where they were a year ago. So you've got a lot of folks that are sitting here just trying to think of, you know, what can I do out of my home? What's my skill set that somebody will actually pay for? And it's, uh, I tell you, I mean, at first it's intimidating, right? It's like, even with our podcast, you say, what do I have to say that people will actually listen to? Uh, now Luke said, I mean, you know, thanks to our support where we might actually hit double digits on our last, uh, on our last episode, as far as listeners or whatever, but, you know, even farther beyond, you know, further beyond your time, it's, it's money. It's like, Hey, what service do I have? What good do I have that people, uh, where money's in limited supply, unless you're the fed and it's unlimited, um, where they're going to use their hard earned cash to spend on your good or service. And then not just once, but then come back. So, you know, huge supporter of small businesses like that. But I'll throw up, I'll share his page on there. And I talked to him earlier today, um, you know, because we were talking about briskets and this and that. I said, yeah, you know, I like to smoke a lot of food, but uh, briskets I always struggle with, but I always have like shitty quality brisket because I just, you know, I get whatever's at Safeway. I don't get like the butcher's cut or anything like that. So it's all wonky and uneven and, and whatever. So, he, you know, he was telling me, he's like, yeah, you know, I had a buddy, you know, teach me like 20 years ago, yada, yada, yada. But anyway, point to this is, uh, I think we should do an episode coming up, uh, maybe in the next, you know, several weeks, month or something like that, where, hey, let's bring him on here 10 or 15 minutes. He'll kind of give a down and dirty lesson on, you know, how to trim the meat, how to prep it, how to smoke it. And, uh, you know, we'll throw it out there and see where it goes. So I think it might be, uh, it might be some interested, yeah, yeah. interested listeners. That's, hey, do they sh- that's a good idea. You know, you could. No, I was just going to ask. Go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. In the, uh, you know, in the lower 48. They're just starting to look at it now. I mean, the problem is he's got to go buy a commercial vacuum sealer. Um, yeah. You know, that, that just shows you how, how, how inequality this guy is. Because I'm like, dude, I bought mine for like $19.99 down at Walmart. You just throw that shit in a Ziploc bag and call it a day. He's like, no, no, no. You got to do this stuff right. I'm like, All right. And then you got to look at overnighting it and that type of stuff. So, I mean, you know, at that point, obviously costs go up. So, I mean, you know, you're not going to order... 
10 chicken wings yeah. and have it overnighted, overnighted <laughs> to, uh, you know, your house or something like that. But I mean, if you were to do something like a, you know, a pork butt or a shoulder, I mean, overnight, theoretically, man, you could still get it. You could get it. It could still be warm on the inside. Right, if if he if he gets it out in time and, and whatever, so uh, I know they are looking at that. But I'll throw up their page on our uh, Facebook page, and uh, you guys and gals out there can check it out. My uh, final shout out. So, uh, and I think Josh may get into to more of this later. Um, and, and as Luke has mentioned, we're we're starting a website. Um, you know, we wanted we want to get off the Facebook platform. And I don't know that we'll ever get entirely get off the platform because we do. Uh, it does provide an effective means to communication and interaction with our folks, but. Uh, now we actually have our own uh, Culper's Canteen Cup uh, email. So uh, you've, you've seen it on our post, but it's C, the letter C3, the number three, at culperscanteencup.com. So, uh, you know, staying away from a whole lot of politics, but if you guys haven't, guys and gals haven't heard of uh, Lieutenant Colonel Rhodes, I think his first name is Andrew Rhodes. Uh, he's what a battalion commander out at Fort Carson. And long story short, you can gurgle all this stuff, but he came out to his unit and reportedly stated if you are a white male you are part of the problem now this is a battalion commander of an infantry battalion if i'm not mistaken uh came out and told all of his troops that so uh, i used our brand new uh you know culper's canteen cup email and hit up the pao over at fort carson and surprisingly they responded within one day uh so i do want to give a shout out to amber she's the uh public affairs specialist uh, pao over at uh, fort carson so i I basically asked it hey you know do you have any you know comments or can you know uh you know what's the status of the thing what's going on how about you know his actions or you know these clearly aren't condoned or in accordance with army values what's the commands take on this that type of stuff so she replied the command is aware of an event involving one of our battalion commanders an event involving one of our battalion commanders we are conducting a preliminary inquiry to gather more information it would be inappropriate to provide any further details in order to protect the integrity of the inquiry now i will tell you this the one i definitely appreciate the response and then i replied kindly i was like hey totally understand uh we look forward to the updates uh, and I think Josh went as uh, 18th Infantry, 3rd BCT, 4th ID, Fighting Eagles. So <laughs> I am actually pretty surprised <laughs> because that story, like a lot of military-specific stories, they don't linger in the news a whole lot because, you know, the, the, you know considering the veteran population is a little bit smaller and those that follow those type of events uh, is even smaller than that. So the stories you know, tend to hang around for a day or two and uh, – you know, they just kind of disappear or get washed on the carpet but or uh, under the rug. But I would tell you, like, this thing, I see at least one posting of it every day on a different site. It is not going away. And, uh, you know, Josh has had some posts uh, recently, you know, in reference to stuff like this where this is not isolated. And that's the bigger part of the problem. It's not what this one dumbass went out there and said, okay? Uh, I've had plenty of dumbass commanders and, and warrant officers, uh, you know, say some pretty stupid things in their, when I'm here, but uh, throughout their careers. But, you know, so I can live with the one-offs, but it's the, you know, what Josh was pointing to was this is not an isolated incident. And then, you know, he, he sent out a couple posts where I believe other active duty service members, right, were coming out to defend his comments, you know, so that's that's the that's the bigger you know the bigger challenge there. But anyway, that's my uh, that's my shout out. I think we're uh, we know we've kind of found a new tool now. Now we've got the C three you know at uh, Culper's Canteen Cup because it kind of gives me something to hide behind. Uh, that way nobody doxes my shit or uh, or crap. Sorry, <laughs> they don't come out and look for me. I could just you know I sign everything you know C three. So it's uh, and we actually sound pretty professional. Uh, so fortunately, um, 
fortunately, you know, Apple yeah. doesn't show our, our listeners or stats or anything like that in case anybody goes to look. They're like, man, they've got like eight listeners or whatever. But uh, <laughs> definitely look forward to uh, definitely look forward to uh, you know some more emails out there. And I think Josh brought up some FOIA requests and stuff like that. So hopefully here in the next couple months uh, we have some yeah. new you know breaking news to uh, you know to bring to our listeners. So Luke, and that's uh, that was a you know it's one of those things where you know Roger uh, sent us that that, that he was going to uh, hit up the PAO there at uh, Fort Carson, and Josh and I. Probably had the same look on our face. We were like, "Why didn't I think of that?" <laughs> I mean, it's a really, really good idea. It's like it's so obvious. You know, we need to be doing more stuff like that. And I'll kind of dovetail. You know, I know we've been talking about it a lot, but it's it's a real thing. I'll kind of dovetail that into the website. You know, uh, with one you know kind of a little shout out attached to it with uh, with Jed. Uh, Jed was the first one to uh, email our, our new uh, address and. Uh, we like that. Thanks, Jed. And uh, Jed has hit me up uh, uh, personally and, you know, uh, offered me some advice on the website. And for the rest of you, I mean, it's going to be a real thing. You know, it, we're, what we're hoping to do is have uh, multiple sections in the website, you know, uh, but one of the main sections is going to be a, a news tab where we're going to have multiple tabs under there, you know, uh, you know, latest bra- breaking news, latest news, you know, what's going on in the world, what's going on in, in the U.S., you know. Just that'll be automatically be populated. Then we'll have a section that uh, what do we call it? Uh, uh, the the can't what do we call it, Josh? The canteen files, the canteen. What was I forget it? what it was. It was the uh, the canteen yeah. corner. But we'll have like our that. little section, something like that. We'll have our little section where we'll populate it with stories that we're looking at, and uh, then we'll have an opinion piece, maybe a satire piece. But as we get into it, you know, with. Josh mentioned the FOIA request. It's a really good idea. Uh, it, we're learning something while we do that. I, I've never done one. And Roger reaching out to PAOs. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll put together a short little, you know, uh, blurb on what we did there. So maybe you will hear it on uh, or read it on Culper's Canteen Cup first. And we hope that we'll drive uh, y'all to our news site. We'll make it something where we'll, we'll, we'll update it every day. We'll keep it updated. And maybe... You know, you can you can come to Culper's Canteen Cup to get your news, you know. Uh, so that'll be fun. You know, we'll see. And we're always open to suggestions. You know, if there's something you'd want to see on there, let us know, and, and we'll definitely hit it up. Um, yeah, we're pretty excited about it. We spent, a, you know, a good half hour or so talking about it before we started the show. And uh, uh, we'll get it up and running. But uh, we appreciate all y'all, uh, all, every, all the support from everyone. So, Josh, you know, we... Uh, we said this one was going to be a little bit different, so I, I think I'll give a review of what I'm drinking right now. I'm going by the outline. Josh did an outline for this. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very detailed, so you know this show's not going to go off the rails. So as I said earlier, I'm not drinking alcohol tonight. I'm drinking uh, Radinska bubbly water. It's mineral water from uh, Slovenia, and it's very high in magnesium and uh, some other mineral. So it keeps you very, a little bit too regular. I drink about three or four of these a day. And uh, it's actually, it's called Water of Life. They call this the Water of Life. And Putin loves Radinska. Vladimir Putin, when he came to Slovenia, one of the big things is he wanted to go to the mineral well, mineral wells and drink Radinska and donut water because it is water of life. Um so that's what I'm drinking tonight, and I do need to st- stay well hydrated because for our loyal listeners who were with us last year, you may have re- you may remember how it became very warm <laughs> in my basement studio. 
and it's getting there already. And I'm glowing, as Josh said last week. So, Josh, what are you drinking? So, I am drinking uh, Fiddler. It's uh, it's Georgia Hartwood. It's from ASW. So, ASW is the uh, it's a distillery within Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, you know I'm not. I'm not from Georgia, but my parents, uh, my parents lived there, you know, after, uh, after my dad retired and stuff, you know, they moved to, uh, to Southern Georgia. Um, so Fiddler, uh, is, like I said, it's out of the distillery in Atlanta and, uh, it's, you know, it's fantastic. I try and support, you know, like Roger was talking earlier, you know, small businesses and stuff. It's not one of the, you know, obviously ASW is not one of the big, you know, it's not Wild Turkey or Buffalo Trace or anything, but they're down in Atlanta. They're doing great things. And uh, so what they do is obviously, so they're bourbons. Bourbon has to be made in, you know, new charred oak barrels. And so, but all of their, their oaks, they come from Georgia. Uh, and so, and then they turn around and they put the finishing staves. So Maker's Mark is also, you know, doing this, experimenting with different staves uh, to uh, to finish out their bourbons. And uh, so ASW is doing the kind of the same thing. They, uh, you know, they use their 51% corn as, you know, congressional mandate lays out for uh, for bourbon but they're also using uh, oak staves charred oak staves from jackson county georgia to uh to finish out their bourbons uh you know it's it's good it's a little young you can tell it's a little young but at the end you know at the end of the day man they're trying new things they're not afraid to experiment around and uh and you know it's it's pretty solid i think it's clocked in at uh at about 117 proof right now so you know that it's there uh, but it's a great sipper, man. And, and, and at the end of the day, you know, you're supporting a, uh, a small distillery, which I'm all about. Uh, sorry. Sorry, mom. I know you're listening to this. I got, I'm, I'm going to drink a little. So you're already, <laughs> oh, I can already feel the disappointment <laughs> from, from that. Um, so, and I'm going to completely be narcissistic, uh, you know, in this, uh, to get this uh get this thing kicked off it's my birthday weekend um so i came home from work today and there's you know balloons all over the house and everything and uh so my wife and kids you know they they surprised me when i walked in the door because you know growing up it was always like you had a birthday it was that day and by that day i mean you got to pick what you had for dinner that night right and even even when you you know your pick for dinner it was, hey, as long as it's like Sonny's barbecue or cheaper, you got to pick. You couldn't pick and be like, oh, we're going out to, you know, you know, what, you know, some expensive steakhouse. There was none of that at all. It was like, hey, you get Sonny's barbecue or cheaper. You could pick, you, you want to go to McDonald's or Burger King for your birthday? Like, you know, <laughs> so um, I, I, I did not get introduced to the birthday like week or, you know, like the birthday month until I got married. And, you know, my wife's like, no, no, no. My my birthday is in December, so I get the entire month of December. Oh uh, yeah. You know, and and you have to separate the birthday and Christmas. Those are not the same day. Uh, so, you know. Anyway, so I got surprised when I got home. So, you know, I'm starting my birthday weekend, and uh, so I, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do this weekend. I can do whatever I want. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty amazing. <laughs> so, I've started off with some uh, with some bourbon. And uh, I, I think I'm going to have a, uh, a movie marathon tonight. Um, 
and uh, I don't know which movie I'm going to watch. I've got, I, you know, I've got a number of favorite movies. Uh, I got to find out what's on Netflix or Hulu. I think, uh, you know, I, and I know Luke loves this movie as well. And I, I, I it's in my top five, uh, Casablanca. I think it's one of the top five best movies ever made. Hands down, I don't think you can argue that. And anybody who doesn't have that in their top five, you probably suck at, at generally everything. They're the same people, Josh. The same, the same people who don't have Casablanca in their top five probably put Transformers Dark of the Moon <laughs> at number four. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. I mean, you take a look. You know, you, you take a look at that cast. What? You have Humphrey Bogart. As Rick, you've got Ingrid Berman as Ilsa, and then you got Dooley Wilson as Sam. You know, and the, and, and the rest of the cast, I just, I don't, I don't think you get better than that. And it's you know, it's Sam, and uh, and Rick. Rick's handed it to the Nazis, right? He's handed the Nazis their ass, and uh, you know, in that movie, uh, it's it's fantastic. I don't even know which part of the movie is probably one of the best either. Dude, it's totally a he. Okay, uh, all due respect, uh, and this is not why I like the movie, but it's such a he-man woman hater movie. It really, really is. It because, I mean, although Ilsa wasn't the bad guy, I mean, she her making the wrong choices was dry, drove she the whole did movie. Rick dirty. She screwed over both yes. guys. She, yeah, she she. She screwed over both guys, and it's like the choice she had to make was a bad choice at the end. It wasn't happy for her at all. You know, Laszlo had to live for the rest <laughs> of his life knowing that, you know, his wife and Bogey, you know, would, and Rick had, had done the thing in Paris, and then Bogart has to walk away from her because he's being the, the, the bigger man, and so is Dude. Laszlo. And it's like, oh, man. Wow, Ilsa! Dude, every time Laszlo knew, every time him and Elsa got it on, knew she was thinking about Rick. He knew it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and dude, you know, in movies were so classy back then, you know, because um, the the part you remember the part where they're it's almost a lull in the movie where she and Rick they're in the apartment and they have the embrace, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're in the apartment and they, I've missed you, Rick. And they have the embrace and then they cut away. And she's like, he's standing by the window having a cigarette. And she's like lounged over here with her dress so slightly lower than it was when they embraced. And it's like, that's so classy, dude, because you didn't have to show them having sex. And if you didn't want to think about that, you didn't have to. You know, but if your mind went there, it did. Instead of like Game of Thrones, we're going to flash some boobs on the screen right now. You know, it's like, man, it was just a different time. You know, it makes that's one of the reasons I like it, Josh, is because it, it kind of takes you back and, you know, it makes you feel it makes me feel good every time I watch it. It's legit, man. It is. It's legit. One of my, you know, you talk about one of the favorite quotes is, you know, Rick comes up and, you know, at first, like, so as, as time goes by, right, it's one of the songs that Sam cannot play. You know, Rick is, you know, it's basically it's foreboding to play in Rick's cafe. And, uh, you know, and then Rick's like after, you know, Sam starts playing, he's like, what are you doing? 
but I told you never to play that. And then he looks up and he sees Ilsa there and he's like, of all the gin joints in, in, in all the towns of the world, she walks into mine. And it's just, there's so many good quotes out of that movie. And that's just, it's what we're, we're totally, totally ignoring Roger because you and I are just ping-ponging on, on Casablanca. And I'll, I'll kick it to him after I say this. But other than, watch it. Watch that tonight and and observe for me because I'm not sure. You know, there's the flashback scenes. Not including the flashback scenes, okay? I challenge you to find me more than twice that Rick smiles. He smiles once. When he's talking to, was it Claude Rains? He's talking to the uh, the French policeman. Uh, I think that's Claude Rains. Yeah. But anyway, he's talking. Yeah, it's. Uh, he's uh, he's he's talking to him and Captain Renault. Yeah. So he smiles because they're sitting there talking outside the bar, you know. And the French Vichy guy and the German soldier walk in and they're arguing back and forth, you know, in French and German, and they both look at each other, you know. Uh, Renault and, and Rick look at each other and Rick just cut that kind of smiles and shakes his head. But find me another part other than the flashbacks where he smiles in that movie. He does not smile much. So Roger, we, we went off on Casablanca. So any thoughts on what Josh should watch or what, what you, what your standby go-to is? You know, I was actually, I was, I was thinking in my mind and I was laughing a little bit because I, I posted something today on our uh, Facebook page that, uh, it was the, like the LeBron James thing with the whole, you know, the guy came in on Twitter and calls him the biggest liar. And I don't know if y'all watched the one, but you know, I guess this was several years ago. He's like, yeah, you know, LeBron James, but he's just a killer on the court. And, you know, he's trying to pump. And so he's like, yeah, man, I've been, you know, every pregame I've been watching Godfather part two and, and, and I've watched it, you know, every pregame just to get fired up and get in that mindset. And so uh, by this time there had been like six or seven games. So theoretically he had watched it six or seven times. Right. And uh, this foreign reporter is like, so, you know, and he's like Spanish or whatever the fuck he is, but he's like, uh, you know, so, you know, you watch his movies. Like, yeah, yeah, he's one of the greats, you know, Godfather 2 puts me in that, that mentality that, that, you know, I just, I'm going out and I'm a killer. And, and so the guy's like, so, you know, uh, what's your favorite quote? He's like, oh, yeah, man. So, yeah, that's just, man, it's just a great movie. And, uh, <laughs> so, and so he keeps pushing, he, he keeps pressing and he's like, yeah, so you watched it so many times. You know, you have to have a favorite quote. What's your favorite? Wow, man, you know, because it's like a 27-hour-long movie, and man, it's just good from the beginning. I just kind of like them all, man. There's just, uh, you know what, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll let you pick the quotes. It's like, so, LeBron, you, you've never actually watched The Godfather 1 or 2 or, or 3, correct? You know, but that, and when they ask him with the um, later on, he's got a book, and it's, uh, it's about Malcolm X, right, uh, which we could do a whole daggum episode on Malcolm X and you know whatever but he's got the book there and the, uh, one of the reporters like oh so I noticed you got a book in your hand he's like yeah you know uh, she's like so what, what do you think about the book is there anything that's standing out to you right now you know that, that you're learning from it or you know whatever and he's kind of like uh, well you know I read it as a you know as a kid and you know this you know I just started a couple days ago and then he goes right into but this is the first time that I've read the whole thing, you know, since a kid from front to back. It's like, well, wait a minute, you just started a couple of days ago because you hadn't read it. And there, so she's like, so, you know, what, 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 out of, you know, what are you getting out of that book? Have you, have you seen anything that's like inspiring or motivational or whatever? He's like, 
yeah, man, it, you know, yeah, it's just, it's a great book. I mean, Malcolm X was just a great dude. And, uh, yeah, man, just front to back. It's just, uh, you know, he's, he's pretty kick-ass. <laughs> you know, you sit there, it's like, dude, you have no clue. That's, that's actually what it was, was running, uh, running through my head when you said that. But, you know, that, that, that when it comes to movies, so I don't watch a lot of movies. I don't watch a lot of TV in general. Uh, never really have. I mean, I've had times here, like when we're deployed or whatever, right? You, you, whatever's on the, the iDrive you watch, which some of it may or may not be appropriate. But I've got, uh, I did my little list. And, and this is no, like, in particular, you know, in any specific order or whatever. But as I started writing them down, because I could, I could think of like two or three. And then as I started going through them, I was like, oh, yeah, what about this one? What about this one? What I do notice, though, is that I don't have anything really new. Um, and the reason I don't have anything new is because most movies today suck. So, um, I have a couple that are probably within about 10 years and then, you know, uh, uh, things that are older than that, but you know, all time, one of my all time favorites, Shawshank Redemption, right? That's probably on all of our, our top, you know, all three of our top lists, uh, Shawshank Redemption, fantastic. You know, and when I, with these movies here, these are those that when I'm flipping through the guide at night and I see it, I automatically turn turn to it, right? Uh, I mean, even if it's like credits are getting ready to come, I'm watching into this bad boy. Uh, and then it's going to start over again because you get like Showtime East and then I'm out here in Arizona. So then you get like Showtime West. So it, it starts again, you know, in 20 minutes or whatever. But Shawshank Redemption, uh, I have a thought to my man, Dave, uh, Training Day, my man. <laughs> I love that movie with uh, Denzel Washington. So that's another great one. Uh, Full Metal Jacket and Platoon. I throw those up there hand in hand. I, I've seen those probably a million times and, and continue to watch those. Uh, here's a little bit of an odd one. Donnie Brasco. Fantastic movie if you haven't seen Donnie Brasco, but that's an oldie that uh, every now and then, man, they, they play it on like uh, Cinemax or whatever. It'll pop up and they'll play it for like a couple weeks and it just disappears, um, you know, for you know a couple months or a year or whatever. All of almost all of the old uh, Clint Eastwood westerns, you know, Unforgiven, Outlaw Josie Wales, High Plains Drifter. I, I love all those things. Again, I, I think Summer, you know, she's seen those things. Uh, my wife, she's seen those things probably a thousand times as I watch them. Uh, another oddball here, Talented Mr. Ripley. A fantastic movie if you haven't watched that. And my last one, believe it or not, and this is probably one of the newer ones or the newest ones that I have of all these, um, the, the Superman series, like the new Superman series. Totally dig them. Totally dig the character, dig the actor. I like what they've done with it. Uh, the, the Zack Snyder one with Justice League, I thought was pretty good. Uh, yeah. But as far as modern movies and stuff like that, that's probably the uh, the most modern I have. But that's my what I got four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So that's my probably top ten. And, and, and I'm sure as you guys list a couple of them here, I'll kick it over to Josh. There's probably two or three out there that I've missed. That I would add to that. But that, that's probably my go-to top ten right now. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, yeah, and there's some fantastic movies on there. Shawshank Redemption and stuff. Most of mine, you know, again, in no particular order, most of mine are, you know, not newish. Uh, you know, obviously Casablanca is one of the ones. I had Outlaw Josie Wales as, uh, as one. But any of the Clint Eastwood, you know, Westerns, you know, Fistful of Dollars, uh, any, man, those were so, so good. The original True Grit. And, and, and granted, even the remake of True Grit, and Josh Brolin did an amazing job in it. And so, you know, I'm a big fan of that one, too. Gettysburg. Uh, I'm a big fan of Gettysburg cause, just because I'm a history nerd. And, uh, you know, but anything really, you know, you talk, you start talking to Steve McQueen, Charles Bronson in it, I'm a fan. So, like, The Magnificent Seven, The Great Escape and stuff, uh, I'm a huge fan of those. Jaws, the original Jaws. 
I thought was fantastic. You know, you've got Roy Schneider, Richard Dreyfus, Bernard Shaw. I think Bernard Shaw is probably one of the most underrated actors of all time. Uh, you know, you take a look at, at Bernard Shaw and that and Jaws, you know, the original. And you guys have seen it, you know, I'm sure. Um, do you guys know? So Steven Silbert, Bernard Shaw was not the original choice. The original choice to play Quint in uh, in in Jaws was Lee Marvin, and hmm. Lee Marvin looked at he Lee Marvin looked at the script and was like, "Nah, man, I'm good. I don't I don't want that." And it was <laughs> uh, it, it came up to uh, to be Robert Shaw, and uh, man, Robert Shaw. Did I say Bernard Shaw? I don't mean Bernard Shaw. Bernard Shaw was an anchor for CNN. God, I'm stupid. I probably had a little too much to drink right now um, since I'm drinking for all of us. So, <laughs> so Robert Shaw, Robert Shaw, one of the most underrated actors of all time. So Richard Dreyfuss uh, was, and so I watched the interview that, that Richard Dreyfuss did on YouTube and, and, and granted Robert Shaw, you know, he, he passed away. I forget what year it was, but he passed away, you know, far before, you know, before he should have. And, and some of that probably had to do with, you know, with, with some hard, hard living, Prior to that, but if you go back and you remember in Jaws one where they're on the boat and you know they're drinking, and uh, Robert Shaw tells uh, you know it's Quint he tells the story of the USS Indianapolis, and the look on Richard Dreyfuss's face, who you know he played Hooper, was real. Uh, so they had not re, you know, they, they tried to rehearse it one time, but Robert Shaw had gotten too drunk to play, you know, to, to remember his lines and do that portion, which <laughs> where they were actually drinking at, he got too drunk. So they had to scrap it. They had to come back to it for another day. So Richard, Richard Dreyfus, when he's looking at it and, you know, you see the look on his face, that was the first time he had seen it. And, and, you know, in the interview, he said that that was one of the most riveting things he had ever seen in his life was Robert Shaw's, you know, his rendition of, you know, being on the USS Indianapolis when it was it was sank, sunk and, uh, you know, and, and the sharks and stuff. And, uh, you know, he he talked about it. And some people want to, you know, some people want to MF that that portion of the movie because, you know, Robert Shaw is like. You know, you so went went down. You know, June 29th, nineteen forty-five. Well, Indianapolis it, it sank on June thirtieth, uh, not the not the 29th. And some people want to mf that part. And they're like, oh, well, it's not you know historically accurate. It's like, shut your face and go play in traffic. Go throw yourself in front of a fast-moving semi because Robert Shaw is one of the greatest actors of all time, and uh, and he left us definitely too early. It's like you know, Luke mentioned earlier, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger played the best Joker. I, he he was better than any other Joker. He was better than Nicholson's. You know, he was better than uh, what's his face's who the last one. Um, and I can't remember his name. He he played Johnny Cash, and uh, and walked the line. I can't remember his name. Uh, Luke, you, you you probably remember it. Joe Joe uh, Joe uh, Quinn Phoenix. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, Is that yeah, you're talking yeah. About? He played, you know, he played Joker. <laughs> I, I think Heath Ledger, I, you know, died way before his time. Belushi, way before his time. 
uh, you know, it it was absolutely uh, absolutely terrible. Why? Why? I, and I think Joaquin Phoenix is a fantastic actor. I don't think he was better than than Heath Ledger though. And I didn't. I was thinking about that when uh, when Luke brought his name up. So. Those are the movies, man. When I, like you said, Roger, when I'm flipping through and I see it on, like that, stopping because that's because uh, that's what I'm watching. Um, I thought we were Luke, man. I don't, you know. Hang are, on, what, though. What I, those I, let me ask you this: You talk about the Heath Ledger, Ledger being the better Joker. He was better than Jack Nicholson, I think, because of the era. It's a different era. We weren't so dark back then when because Nicholson. I think if you take him in his prime, right, uh, in today's world. I mean, he's got that, uh, you know, he's got that attitude, that sarcasm, that chip on his shoulder a little bit. I mean, he's got that grit, man. I think when you look at where we were as as a society back in those days, you know, say those days, right? Uh, like it was 50 or 60 years ago, but just over the last, you know, 20 years versus where we're at now, I think that's a, uh, that's probably a big difference. But yeah, I totally agree with you in the Joker. I'm going to, I'm going to cut in on you. I don't know if you're going to kick that to Josh and I, I agree with both, well, I, I agree with Josh to a point. Okay, I think that. Okay, let me back up with what and address what Roger said about the Joker. You go all the way back to the original Batman. Uh, you know, remember the the old '70s series yep. Batman with you know the Joker in that was goofy and over the top, and it was cartoonish because that's what it reflected the time. You know, it was goofy and, and jokish and stuff like that. Uh, Batman came, the Batman with Michael Keaton and uh, Nicholson came out in 1989, I believe. And those were some crazy times, man. The transition between the 80s and the 90s, it was just kind of over the top. People kind of didn't know what to act, how to act before grunge came out. You know, we were wrapping up the, in the culture, we were wrapping up the hairband phase and moving on to the next thing. And that Joker was just kind of off the wall. You know, so yeah, and he was perfect for that. And then, and it, it was a reflection of the times. Now let's fast forward to Heath Ledger's Joker. There've been a lot of um, you know movie theories, you know, fan theories about who he was. You know, like like what the character, what was the background of the character? It's like, man, this guy's messed up. You know, he tells different stories about the scars. He knows a lot about explosives. He tells a story to Harvey Dent about you know. Uh, 10 soldiers, you know, blow up in a car bomb in, in the desert and nobody cares. You you kill one mayor and everyone goes crazy. So the theory is maybe he was a, a veteran, you know, uh, who just wanted to see chaos, who had PS, PTSD. You know, he's just he's had enough, you know, it, it, that was kind of a reflection of the time when The Dark Knight came out. And you look at uh, Joe Aquin Phoenix's <laughs> Joker <laughs> and man, it's a reflection of the time. Right. I think his his performance. Uh, okay, if you put Joaquin Phoenix in the in the Dark Knight movie, trying to play that Joker, he would not have done as well as Heath Ledger, no doubt in my mind. On the other hand, if you put Heath Ledger in the Joker movie that recently came out, Heath Ledger would knock it out of the park, just like Joaquin Phoenix did. So that that's that's my little Joker thing. I, I think the Joker kind of has has evolved with where culture is at the time, and I think it's really interesting. Um, I'm a movie nerd, man. I, I, I I'm a movie nerd. Now, I, I, it's hard for me to name a, a top ten because it's like I, I like to go with the top five, but I have to break it down. It's like what are my top five favorite war movies, and I want to break it down even further. What are my top five favorite World War II movies? Vietnam movies, you know, so Roger said his standbys, you know, he 
sees Shawshank Redemption come by uh, and he's got to go watch it. When I talk about like my favorite movies, if I see those on or they're in my DVD sleeve, and I know that now I'm getting old because I still got (laughs) DVDs, but it's like I see those and they're at the very front and it's like, well, I can't watch these movies because I don't have the time to sit down and dedicate and watch every single moment. You know, I've got to spend two and a half hours transfixed because I, I, I appreciate the movie so much. So I actually don't watch these movies I'm about to name that much. And you'll kind of see what I'm talking about. And I, I like these movies each for kind of different reasons uh, and in no particular order, really. Uh, you know, I got The Dark Knight. You know, that's the second uh, Batman movie with Christian Bale. Uh, that movie hits a number of chords with me for a lot of different reasons. And sometimes I tend to read too much into movies and kind of superimpose my, you know, how I feel about things and uh, make it about me, of course. Talk about Josh being the egoist. That's That's me right there. I'll say Casablanca is definitely there. Uh, I got to watch the whole thing. Black Hawk Down. Uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Uh, I I just love that movie. I'll sit there and just be transfixed by that movie. It's like almost hypnotic for me. Uh, It's just so good. Um, I'm going to put, you know, these movies, I say they're they're hallowed ground for me because of the actor. And that's... uh, uh, Last of the Mohicans, number one, uh, There Will Be Blood and Gangs of New York. Again, man, because when Daniel Day-Lewis is on the screen, I cannot look away. That dude is amazing. And he's he's just a nut, man. He His his personal life is crazy, too. Uh, you know, I love The Departed. That's one of my standby movies, like, like Roger said. If I see The Departed is on, I'm going to go to it and watch it because it's just it's so funny to me. It's not necessarily like a great movie, but it's good. And there's some... Uh, there's some, you know, uh, CI aspects of that movie. Those of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I love the Royal Tenenbaums. That movie uh, transfixes me uh, with the Wilson brothers and, uh, you know, uh, Gene Hackman. And it's got some really good actors. Uh, and one of my, my favorite comedy is a movie I guarantee most of the audience hasn't seen. And it's called Let It Ride. And it has Richard Dreyfuss. Uh, Josh, there you go. Rogers finally got something. Slam it back, buddy. But man, it's it's just a hilarious movie about a dude who goes to the track in Florida and just has a really good day. And Richard Dreyfuss just knocks it out of the park. Now, Josh, you know, with Jaws, I'm going to tell you, man, of the Jaws franchise, and a lot of people are going to disagree with me. I a lot of people didn't like Jaws 3D. I just think it was misunderstood. You know, I, I you know, Jaws 3D, I think was the, was the best. And of course, I'm joking. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a couple of. Movie trivia for you, and then I'm gonna tell one. I'll, I'll do a couple of movie trivia for the for the audience uh, that you may not know, or maybe you did. And then I'll uh, make another point, and I'll kick it to Josh. But you know, Brokeback Mountain. We were talking about Heath Ledger. You know, I, I have not seen Brokeback Mountain. I've heard it's a good movie, but I just I just haven't seen it. You know, I heard that Heath Ledger's really good in it. I've heard the other kid that uh, shoot. Um, the brother of the guy of the girl that was in the Dark Knight. Um, yeah, I see him blanking on his name. He was in the movie Nightcrawler. Anyway, I've heard they're really good in the movie. Did you know, Josh? The writer, the guy who wrote Lonesome Dove, Larry McMurtry, wrote the screenplay for that movie. Bet you didn't know that. Larry McMurtry wrote the screenplay. So, and one more quick movie thing. I, you know, Roger mentioned Platoon and Full Metal Jacket. I love those movies too. 
the first half of Full Metal Jacket is is outstanding. And over the years, as I've watched the second half more and more, it's grown on me. Right? When, when I first saw it, I was like, the second half of this movie sucks. It's not as good as the first half, but it, it's pretty good. Uh, but Apocalypse Now, that movie is another one where I watch it, and I'm like, wow. I mean, I, I get transfixed by it. But if you're ever bored on Wikipedia or something like that, um, look up, or on the internet, look up the problems they had shooting that movie. That movie was insanely hard to shoot for so many reasons. Every actor, every single actor was like, I, I, I'm ready to quit. And I think a lot of actors did quit. You know, what's his name? The crazy guy, um, uh, Dennis uh, Hopper was just like stoned and tripping on LSD the entire time. Almost every scene he's in the movie, he's either stoned, hopped up on coke, or on LSD. And that movie was just a complete disaster, almost as bad as The Island of Dr. Moreau, which, you know, put two and two together. It was the same actor in both those movies. But, you know, I'll, say, I'll, say, I'll save my other point for later, uh, uh, maybe, if I get to it. But, uh, Josh, uh, I'll kick it to you for your thoughts. Yeah, no, so Apocalypse Now, you're absolutely right. That it that movie almost did not get finished. Uh, so Dennis Hopper was high. Dennis Hopper was went crazy. Martin Sheen, I think it was either Martin Sheen or Francis Ford Coppola, got malaria during the movie because they shot it in the, uh, in the Philippines, I believe. And, uh, yeah, dude. It was, you know, malaria, drugs, alcohol, like it, it was way, it was over budget, over time. It almost did not get finished. And it is probably one of the pro- most prolific movies of our time. Um, I, you know, as far as like war movies go, I didn't even think about war movies. I, Platoon, Platoon is probably one of the best war movies I think probably ever made, you know, along with full metal jacket, you know, Stanley Kubrick's full metal jacket. Uh, I used to watch the first half of full metal jacket. And as soon as they graduated basic training, like I turned it off. Uh, but you know, but that was, you know, that was pre army for me after, you know, after I joined the army and after I had a deployment under my belt, I, you know, I finally watched, you know, I watched the rest of it and, it was, uh, you know, it, it resonated. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it resonated after after that part for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, you talk about, what, what do you call him, Joquan, Joquan Phoenix? Wilquan, Wilquan Phoenix? Joa Quinn. Joa Quinn. Jo, jo- I think that's Quinn how it's pronounced. <laughs> you know, as a, as a joker... And he he was really you know and that part was really good especially you know in that in, in where you know you get what you and I won't say the uh, I won't say the f word here so we can stay on YouTube without the uh, you know without the explicit label I already did um, it sorry uh, okay so I wasn't even paying attention man so you know you get what you fucking deserve uh, <laughs> sorry Luke's mom sorry my mom sorry Roger's mom uh, you know sorry we'll and, never make any money off this one. Right, <laughs> but you 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 talk about Joaquin Phoenix. You talk about actors. You know, we're talking about you know we're you know we're talking about Heath Ledger. We're talking about Joaquin Phoenix. We're talking you know even Leonardo. I tell you, Leonardo the Revenant was one of and I 
and, and everybody makes fun of Leonardo, and I get it. You know, when you look at him, his, his you know, his his eight inch biceps, and uh, and everything, and you know, we, we all make fun of him. But I don't know of a bad movie that Leonardo DiCaprio has made, and the Revenant was, dude, the Revenant was phenomenal. Um, but you, you know, you talk you, you talk about Joaquin Phoenix, and when I think of Joaquin Phoenix. I, my mind doesn't go to the when he was you know the Joker, it goes to Joaquin Phoenix and Walk the Line where he played Johnny Cash, and you know to think that Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon, they sang they know sang the songs of Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash, that I. It, that's one of you know. That's another favorite movie of mine because I'm a huge Johnny Cash fan. I've always been a huge Johnny Cash fan. I remember growing up, sitting in the front seat of my dad's '77 Ford F-150 pickup truck with the bench seat with that seat cover on it. That was, I mean, it, it shit must have been made out of burlap. Uh, it was the most uncomfortable seat, you know, seat cover on there, you know, and the bed was rusted right up against the cab. Like you can see the drive shaft spinning, you know, as you're riding in the back of it going down the highway. But my dad always had that old school country playing on it. It was Johnny Cash, Fern Gosden, you know, Hank Sr. And, uh, you know, when I heard Joaquin Phoenix, when I, when I saw Walk the Line, I was like, they're not singing those songs. There's no way they're singing those songs. And, you know, obviously looked it up and researched it. And Joaquin Phoenix, No Shits, came out as he was singing Johnny Cash songs. And he's he sounded a little bit like Johnny Cash. You know, Johnny Cash had that, you know, sad like a freight train, sharp like a knife, gravelly voice to him. And it was it, it was absolutely amazing. So, you know, talking about actors and movies and stuff, you know, I'll give it to Heath Ledger as a Joker, but Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix is another completely 100% underrated actor. He, he is absolutely phenomenal. Him and Reese Witherspoon did an absolutely fantastic job in, uh, you know, in, in walk the line and, uh, and portraying, portraying cash for, and, uh, and June Carter for sure. So, Roger, I, I I feel like you're not getting to talk that much, so so I'm going to throw it over to you. And I don't know if you want to talk about like Wu Tang Clan no, or you know. No, something. it's all good because the you know what's crazy is you you know when you threw out your outline, it's like man, how are we going to talk like two hours over this? I think we could talk about you know we could talk about the Joker for two hours. But what's interesting when you brought up uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is one of the movies I didn't list on here that is another one of my go tos is The Beach. I'm not really sure why. It's uh, for those that haven't seen it, but it's just you know it, it's that. Because I do have a little that, about a, you know, a little bit of that Josh, you know, FTW, you know, mentality. It's just not as, uh, I guess, not as prevalent or not as visible. And, and and that movie kind of reminds me of that, hey, I'm cutting away from civilization, F the world, I'm doing my thing, whatever. And then even within his own tribe, right, yeah, that happens to him. But the big thing, I think, with it all, when you look at Joaquin Phoenix, Leonardo DiCaprio, and, and all these other actors, it's those that have not been typecasted. I mean, when you look at Joaquin Phoenix, I'm thinking, what's the the movie uh, Maximus? Um, skips my mind, but uh, Gladiator. Gladiator. When you look at him, uh, you look at even like a Tom Cruise, right? Or you look at like Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio, The Beach, and The Wolf of Wall Street did that. That did it for me with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, Russell Crowe. You know, he's another one. When you look at these actors and actresses, and you say. You, you look at the variety. I mean, here's another one. I, probably one of my all-time favorite, outside of the Clint Eastwood, Denzel, or uh, uh, Jack Nicholson, Denzel Washington, right? You look at the types 
of roles that these characters have played or that these actors have played and they're all over the place. And so when you watch, you know, I agree with you. Walk the line is one of my favorites, a huge Johnny cash fan. And when you watch him in that movie, it's like, you're not just seeing him in that movie. It's like, you're remembering all those other roles that he played. You're like, wow, this guy is like the perfect fit for, you know, for this character, you know, to, to play Johnny cash. And, and, and that kind of all rolls up into there. The, one thing that I was going to say, so I pulled this up real quick and I'll, I'll kick it over to Luke after this. So it's a pretty interesting fact. You were talking about the Jaws movie, which one, I get it, man. Sharks, people love them. I wasn't a big Jaws fan. I'm not a big fan of Shark Week. I'm probably going to hell for it. I know Discovery Channel, I think, is getting ready to start their new Shark Week or whatever. Just never really got into them. But it's funny when you go back and you look at uh, specifically actors and actresses um, that were not the first choice. So I've got a top 10 here that I just, I just gurgled. So, uh, Wolverine, right? Hugh Jackman, uh, Dugray Scott was supposed to be, uh, casted as the Wolverine. And when you look at them both, I mean, one, they very similar looking, but he's, he looks a little pasty, um, and a little frail. So I think they, they did well with Hugh Jackman, but, uh, Ryan Gosling and the lovely bones, uh, he was supposed to be the, the lead, um, Nicole Kidman and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. They obviously went with Angel- Angelina Jolie. Fantastic choice, right? But it's supposed to be Nicole Kidman. And you can go and gurgle and find out what the, uh, you know, what the reasoning is that they, you know, they didn't play or whatever. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in American Psycho. So he was supposed to be the lead there uh, in American <laughs> oh, Psycho. Wow. And I think Bateman, uh, or what's his face? fantastic job. Uh, Christian Bale did a fantastic, one of my, uh, that's actually another one that I'd add to my list. That's a fantastic movie. Um, American Psycho. So if you haven't seen it, check this one out. Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. I don't see that. I, I mean, I think they did well with, with, you know, obviously with yeah. their, their selection, but, uh, that's a little, that's a little tough for me. Um, Bette Midler and Sister Act. I don't care about her anyway. Uh, Eric Stoltz and John Lithgow and Back to the Future to take over uh, Keaton's place. Um, hold on. Let's see. Melinda Clark and Scream. Oh, I don't really care. I think anybody could have played that. That's stupid. What's this other one here? Yeah, so that's, you know, that's about six or seven of them that you kind of look, and there's some pretty key movies in there, man. You're like, wow, that could have totally changed. And, and may have even, you know, when you look at the replacement actors and actresses, probably define the success of, of the movie itself. So it's, uh, yeah, I totally agree with you on the Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, totally agree with you on the Joaquin Phoenix. It's, uh, dude, we could do like a whole episode in like movie reviews. Dude, it's yeah. Denzel, man. And so Denzel... I, I, you know, in another one, you, you, one of y'all brought up Training Day, and I can't remember because uh, I probably had too much drink. But Denzel and Training Day, but I tell you, dude, Denzel, an American gangster and man on fire. It, dude, hands down, Denzel, yeah, he's, he's probably Denzel Washington, probably one of the best actors of our time. Easy, easy. Yeah. Yeah, he he's you know what what makes me mad about Denzel and he's a good guy too. That's another thing. Um, you know, we could get into you know I'll go off the politics rail. It's just we've we've all said it before. You know, all these articles come out you know about politics and stuff, and it's like you know what does Jennifer Aniston think about this? Or Jennifer Aniston said this policy is bad, and it's like I don't give an f what a Hollywood star says about anything. Shut up, yep. do your job, 
and I've gotten better at that. I used to be like uh, kind of cancel culture a few years ago. I was like, oh, he said that. I'm never watching his movies again. It's like I, I don't care what he says. Act. You're an act. You're an actor. Act, MFR. You know, just act. You know, um, yeah, but Denzel, I was going to get back to him. He, he's a good guy in, in real life. Uh, there's a lot of stories about stuff he's said and done that he seems like just a good dude. Now, his son played in uh, that latest uh, uh, the latest uh, Christopher Nolan movie. Um, and I'm blanking on the name. It's so bad because I love the movie. I'll think of it in a second. But apparently him and his son are, are a little bit uh, estranged. Uh, they, they, they're not big fan. His son's not a big fan of his dad. Uh, I read that somewhere. And I cannot believe it's killing me. I can even think of Christopher Nolan's film company. It's called Syncope. And, but I can't remember the name of the film. So bad. So, but back to Denzel. Uh, and believe me, you know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm roundabout here, but I'm, I'm still not drinking. It should be Josh, the one that's all roundabout. But uh, Denzel, Denzel won the Academy Award for Training Day, which he was great in Training Day. But he, he really was. But he should have won it for any number of movies he did before that. Um, he, was, he was good in, in Malcolm X. I, I thought he was really good. I think he should have probably won the Academy Award for that. But So that's Denzel. You know, uh, I was going to say something about The Notebook with Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams. A little bit of trivia there. Those two, I know all the ladies out there love that movie. It's one of Michelle's favorites. I can't. I can hardly sit through it, though. But the the interesting piece of trivia on this one is those two hated each other in that yeah. movie. Just could not stand each other. And yeah, as far as actors, you know, uh, I'll I'll hit two. You know, I'll go back to DiCaprio, and I was one of the ones like, oh, Leo, you know, meh, you know, Titanic, whatever. Uh, but man, he is. He he's got a he's got a, a decent range. He's not the same actor in every movie, although he does kind of have that Leo thing. But one of his first movies, The Basketball Diaries, holy cow. Uh you seen that one, Josh? You seen Basketball Diaries? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a rough one, man. That's a rough one to watch. And you know, he did that at a young age. And you know, Robert Pattinson, and I it's killing me about this Christopher Nolan movie. Um God. And the audience is just laughing at me, and they're yelling at their at their headphones, or they're you know <laughs> they're listening to it in the car, telling me the name of the movie. Idiot! Look it up real quick, Josh. Anyway, Robert Pattinson in that movie, um, really, you know, he's come a long way since Twilight. That's all I'm going to say. I think there's there's a lot of good stuff about that kid. Uh, he's going to play the next Batman. Um, yep. There's going to be another version of Batman, and apparently this one's going to be a little bit different. And, People are pumping it up. Uh, yeah. What? It, it, I was, was so I got I got one more. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention James Gandolfini. I mean that guy. You know, he's known for Tony Soprano. Yeah. And apparently, you know, if you watched him, he was in a movie with Robert Redford called The Last Castle, where he played a general Great who movie. was uh, in charge of a. Yeah, and he is like, whoa, that's Tony Soprano. And apparently, you know, you talk to the actors in, in, in the Sopranos. And they say that guy is not Tony Soprano at all. And that was pre. He right? just plays that part. Wasn't that pre Sopranos? Uh, what the castle? The last castle? Or no, it was, it was in the middle of the Sopranos. It? Yeah. It's while he was he was still filming, and they say he's just, he's a nice guy. You know, he he doesn't have the accent or anything. He's he he could act. He could do theater. Uh, and he almost quit the Sopranos because he didn't like all the violence that his character was doing. And it, it's just. 
it's too bad he he went. You know, uh, that was his own fault, but he overdosed. Uh, you know, we lose some of these these great actors real early. I think that uh, oh, what's his name? That's in the Notebook. Um, you know, I I told you guys I'm blanking on names today. Ryan Gosling. I think he could be. Uh, you know he's good, but I think his ego. I think he's very egotistical. I think he knows how. I don't know. I, man, you 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 go back and and so growing up, obviously growing up, you know we have we have the Duke, we have Clint Eastwood, you know, and and, and folks like you know Steve McQueen and Charles Bronson, and uh, so I remember. Hey, hey, Luke, you remember uh, when we were in uh, Houston? And the kids like yep. Charles Bronson. Who, yep. Who's Charles Bronson? It's like you know what? Go ahead and get out of the get out of the car. I'm gonna leave you at the gas station, and you can figure oh, out Lord. your way back to the hotel. Um, it's just you know you, you think about all these actors, and and not that I put Leonardo in that you know in that same category, but again, the first time I ever heard of DiCaprio was the Titanic. Right. And, and so you're like Titanic, whatever. Like, who is this guy? You know, he, he's basically like the, you know, the backstreet boys of, uh, of actors. But you turn around and you look at the movies that that Leonardo did, you know, Titanic, Wolf of Wall Street, The Revenant, Rulio, you know, Romeo and Juliet, The Great Gatsby, Shutter Island. You know, what's eating Gilbert Grape? Um, you know, catch me if you can, and you know, Django Unchained, and your stuff like, and you're like, this guy's legit. He's not a typecast. He's not just, you know, he's a guy who you, you know, he's not the Joe Pesci who you just cast in every gangster film, and I, and I love Joe Pesci, but you know, DiCaprio, he's got a wide range, and that guy should he he should have won an Academy Award and an Oscar, you know, long before he did. Um, but there's, you know, you, you start talking about today's actors, who, who is today's Eastwood, who is today's Marlon Brando, who is today's, you know, James Caan? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know who those folks are because man, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see it there for a while. I thought it was Heath Ledger. I was like, Heath Ledger, man, he's going to come up. He's going to be the, you know, he's going to be the Russell Crowe. He's going to be the Denzel. He's going to be the Eastwood, you know, because, I mean, he was great in The Patriot. He was great as a Joker. And then, you know, Heath Ledger's dead, you know, from an, from an overdose. And, I, dude, I don't, I don't know who the – I don't know who the next Duke is. I don't know who the next Bronson is. I don't know who the next James Dean is. And, you know, dude – you know how old Clint Eastwood is? He's 91 years old. Wow. That makes me feel old <laughs> as shit, right? <laughs> when you think about Clint Eastwood is 91 years old. It's going to be a sad day when Clint Eastwood, when Gunny Highway, when Gunny Highway and Josie Wales. Rowdy Yates. Yeah. You know, moves on. Bro. Yeah, I don't know, Roger. Who 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 is the next man? Like who who is the next truly great actor to to come out of Hollywood? Uh, probably nobody. Uh, well, you know, I, when you with the name that you mentioned too, it, it was like it was the man's man because you got to remember it goes back to what we were talking about with the Joker. You know, it's a reflection of our society and culture at the time. And so when you look at those movies that we grew up with, and a lot of our audience, it was like, hey. 
teach you how to be a man, right? And so that, those are the characters that were portrayed in those movies. Uh, what's funny is, as you were saying that, and, and I don't remember a lot of the specifics, but they were talking about the next Captain America might be gay, right? Um, talking about, uh, you know, uh, even the James Bond, you know, might be gay, that type of stuff. So it's like, which I don't care. I mean, I could really care less what they do. I'll either watch the movie or not or, or whatever it is. But, you know, it's... Uh, it's a reflection of where you're at in society and culture. And right now, at least for the next couple of years, because everybody's so woke, I don't know if anybody in Hollywood's willing to play that, that cast. Cause like, look, the, the years of Sylvester Stallone and, you know, cause I kind of made a joke about it, right. Him and Arnold Schwarzenegger, would they come up with the, 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 a couple of those movies where, you know, the eighties action figure, big muscles and, you know, I'm just a man and I beat shit up and, and whatever. I mean, those days are gone. Right. So I don't know if, uh, you know, my guess would be, and I, this is like a, a, a macro, you know, view, but it's, you know, there's probably a shift here over the next five, six, seven, ten years, maybe, um, as far as the type of actors and, and actresses that you get. I mean, hell, dude, it's like now, and, and I'm like Luke, I mean, I, I haven't got, I haven't gone beyond it. I can't get past it because some of these players and, and actors and actresses say things. I'm like, yep, I just refuse to watch your stuff. But you know, there are so many people now out here with all these different pronouns and I'm this and I'm that and I can't do whatever. And it's just like, fuck, man, can't you just act? Just act. I just want to watch the movie. That's all I want to do. I just want to watch the movie. And that's it. And I think that's also what, you know, when we talk about actors and actresses that we're drawn to, that's also one of those like, I don't want a lot of, uh, you know, outside interference. I don't want to, I don't care about your political views. You know, just just act, just sing, just play basketball. You know, Lauren Ingram caught a lot of shit when she was like, uh, you know, telling LeBron James, you know, shut up and dribble. Of course, now you look at it, now everybody's like, hey, dude, if you could just like kind of shut up and dribble, that would be great. Um, because they even, even the left now is starting to eat their own, where I, I saw an article the other day, and again, I didn't read into it too much because I pretty much just washed off sports um, altogether. But they were like, hey, LeBron James is actually worse for the sport than what Colin Kaepernick is. These are current players saying this. You know, they're saying LeBron James is, and you know, I didn't watch any of the games. I didn't watch any of the of the, of the NBA playoffs. My son did because he just doesn't care a whole lot about politics. It's not a big deal. I mean, he does what he wants. But even with uh, you know LeBron James watching where he lost the first game or the you know game three or whatever it was, and he left the game five minutes early. Right. So when we talk about the whole, you know, LeBron James versus Michael Jordan comparison, which there is no comparison. I don't care who you, who you are. I mean, we can go stat for stat and down the line or whatever. But anyway, when you look at um, you're talking about your all star player, arguably the best player in the league, which I take nothing away from his athleticism. You left the bench and headed back to the locker room five minutes early while your team was getting blown up by 40 some odd points. And then to sit here and turn around and hear the coach say, because, of course, they go to the coach and they're like, well, hey, what about this? Like, oh, well, you know, he does have a tweaked ankle or whatever he was, you know, we had to go start his rehab. Okay, so I understand the, the tweaked ankle and this and that. So the five minutes was that critical in his rehab that he had to leave early? And then, you know, games, uh, was it game seven or whatever it was, when the Lakers were locked, knocked out, which pisses me off because I'm, I grew up as a huge Lakers fan. I cannot stand LeBron James, so I can't root for the Lakers. Um, I can't do it while he's there, but, uh, you know, game seven, when they ended up losing, uh, him and the team walked off the court 
didn't shake hands. Hey, good game. You know, good luck, whatever. You know, they just walked off. And you, and you talk about poor sportsmanship. I, I get being competitive. Uh, totally understand that. And, and I totally understand the win at all costs. Uh, but it's just, it's piss poor sportsmanship. And you take that on top of, okay, not just that piece, but you take that along with his off-court actions. That's why I dislike LeBron James. You know, you go out there and you defend uh, China. You know, John Cena did it, right? Uh, because he's got a movie that's coming out where he called, what was it, Taiwan or whatever, you know, a, a great country. And, of course, China's like, hey, dude, so you're trying to film your next movie over here, so your ass is going to recant, um, or you're not filming over here. So then he came back, oh, man, I'm sorry for calling them a country and this and that. And that just shows you how... You know, and I think Josh has said this several episodes ago. Uh, he doesn't remember because he's drunk now, but uh, where that the political side, geopolitical side, has started to play a real role and impact, and not just our sports, but our movies, our culture, everything. Uh, you know, Luke was talking about you know different superheroes and this and that. Uh, you know, you start to see more of the the Asian flavor to it and this and that. And, you know, that, that's all part of uh, an information you know campaign, right? So. I, you know, I, I think with the, you know, I guess we're moving here from from movies to to sports. Man, I I just haven't watched anything. You know what? Sadly, so like, so I grew up off of professional wrestling, and I say professional wrestling, I mean like old school WWF, you know, WCW, NWA, that type of stuff. Um, National Wrestling Alliance, not the uh, not the not the musical group, but you know, because you know, I grew up in the South, and that's what we did. Like every two weeks, they would come to the Richmond Coliseum, and my dad would take me, and that's what we did. You know, we watched Ric Flair and Blackjack Mulligan and all these guys and gals or whatever. And it's you know, it's weird because you see so much more of the athlete nowadays than what you did back in the day. You know, back in the day, whatever you saw the athlete on the court, that's what you knew of the athlete. That was it. Even even going back to the Jordan Larry Bird days, right? That's that's what you knew of the athlete. And wrestling was a prime example. Back then, Ric Flair, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man, you know, uh, Space Mountain and limousines and jet flying, you know, all that stuff. That's what you knew of Ric Flair. And, you know, I guess one of the downsides of too much information nowadays is you start to see that personal side of them. They all have personal Instagram accounts. They all have personal Twitter accounts. And so you're not only seeing the character that they play uh, or the athlete or whatever, but you're also seeing that personal side of them. So there's a lot that's changed. And I don't know if it's good or bad or whatever. The sports thing, you know, I don't know. I try. But, man, I tell you, it's... And it goes back, you know, we, we've talked about this in several episodes. I cannot get over the kneeling during the national anthem. Uh, I can't get over it. Can't do it. I can't do it when you're not truly a private organization. Now, if you were truly a private organization with no antitrust protections, no monopoly protections, no, you know, tax write-offs, no, you know, charitable organizations, if you were truly a private organization, you receive none of those subsidies, do what you want. Okay, you're your own organization. Do what you want. You want to let your people kneel, stand, do cartwheels. I don't care. Uh, our tax dollars go to these organizations and these sports uh, organizations. And when my tax dollars go to it, that is your job. Uh, I have a problem with them taking a knee, and, and I'll leave it at this. I know this. If I took a knee at my job during work hours, I'd get fired. So I don't know. What, what about you, Luke? They allow that in the embassy? Totally went off the rails, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, I know that the State Department, yeah, I'll get August back on track, but I know that the State Department was authorized uh, to fly the Black Lives Matter flags at embassies. I know that they did it in um, Athens. I know they did it in Spain, uh, Bosnia. 
so I don't know. Yeah, maybe they they would be okay with taking a knee, State Department, but um, which who I don't work for. <laughs> but I anyway. So yeah, uh, you know, Roger, I, I could dovetail off a lot of a lot of things right there. I, you know, I, I haven't been uh, as into sports. I don't think I've really watched a single professional sport in a long time. I think I watched the Super Bowl. I did watch the Super Bowl because um, I was interested. I liked, uh, you know, I, I'm. I, I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but I respect Tom Brady. I really like Pat Pat Mahomes, so I was interested to see who would who would win that. Uh, and you know, sports is just it used to go. You know, like Roger was a Lakers fan back in the day, and that, that's cool. Players tended to stay on teams back then, and yes. you know they didn't really switch around a lot and. You know, professional football, you know, back when I was following it pretty close, and I think fantasy football is part of what what made me like this. I stopped being a fan of teams and started being a fan of players. So I would follow players around. Well, who, who and that's, you know, one of the reasons, you know, it's like Josh calls me a traitor for being uh, for being a Patriots guy. But the Patriots had Wes Welker, man, one of my favorite football players of all time, Texas Tech wide receiver. They had Danny Amendola, another Texas Tech receiver. Uh, so I was like, man, Patriots, all right, you know, because they had a lot of players I liked. Um, but that makes it less enjoyable to me. It just made it less enjoyable. You know, Roger was a fan of the Lakers. I was a fan of the Celtics, man. I mean, hmm. it was all about the Celtics for me. And I just, it's like I hated the Lakers, right? But I really hated the Detroit Pistons. I really hated the Pistons. It, it made me so mad that the Celtics were playing in the East and they were going, you know, uh, five, seven games in every single series, just knock down, drag out with the Milwaukee Bucks and the, you know, Detroit Pistons and these 70, I mean, just head to head, man, Knicks. I mean, just really rough games. And the Lakers would sweep all the way through with no injuries and the Celtics would come <laughs> in limping. You know, James Worthy and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and uh, Magic Johnson would just do numbers on them, man. And it just made me AC green. Uh, so I knew all the Lakers players. I knew all the Celtics players. I knew all the Pistons players. And I, I, I still like, I think I did it, you know, a couple months ago, I went back and I have a DVD set of the Celtics 1986 season, I think. And it like has every single playoff game that they played on this DVD set. And I'll sit down and watch that. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed that Michael Jordan, uh, series, you know, the last dance, Really enjoyed that. And these, I realize the game now is is more athletic. It's definitely more athletic. And it is physical, but physical more in an athletic way. Uh, these guys, um, but it's not as rough. It's just not as rough anymore. It was rough back then, and those guys were animals. Dirty players. You take LeBron James, and he just, with his current attitude, you know, take him back in a time machine with his current attitude and his current mental toughness and put him, in, land him in 1985 oh, or 84, up to, up to 88, he would be a bust because he'd be injured all the time and he would not be aggressive because Bill Lambeer would take him to the floor, you know, <laughs> and just really smack him down. So, yeah, it's it's sad to see. I don't know that sports is gonna. I, I just don't. I don't know how it's gonna it's gonna turn the corner. I I'm just not. I don't see it. I, I kind of wish I was a baseball fan. I just don't like baseball, man. I just you know I, I respect it, but I'm just not a fan. I just 
part of that is because all you guys know I was not good at baseball growing up. So it's a professional wrestling. Go, go to Josh. Uh, I want to hear Roger's answer on this uh, now or later. I, I've never been – well, okay, I follow professional wrestling, uh, and I think it's fun. Uh, I don't hate on it. I know it's not real, but let me Shut tell you what mouth. is real. Well, <laughs> tell you what is real. Fuck you talking about. Is their dude, their athletic ability is unbelievable. I mean, these guys are truly something else. And they they are hard on their bodies. And it's just and it's it's a dark, dark world. I mean, at yeah. least it used to be, especially in the eighties, you know. If you saw, you know, touch on the movies, uh, the movie The Wrestler with uh, Mickey, Great one. Uh, uh, Mickey Rourke, yeah, Mickey Rourke. unbelievable, yeah, Mick, Mickey Rourke. You know, he that movie, like, dude, that's how it how it was. Now I think it's more of a business, but you still have those small wrestling uh, leagues or whatever they call them, organizations that it still is pretty rough. You go down and look at. I did this on Wikipedia not long ago on. Uh, deaths of wrestlers, you know, before their time. Holy cow. It's like pages and pages and pages. It was, it's rough, man. So yeah, professional wrestling, but here's the, here's what I want to hear from you uh, now or later, whatever you want. It's like, who's your favorite, man? I I mean, I, I, it's hard for me. I mean, I, I dug the ultimate warrior. I I think the ultimate warrior was awesome. Uh, I, I dig Andre the giant. Uh, and uh, you know, I liked Hulk Hogan, whatever, but I, I really, I, if I had to, my life depended on, it, I'd say the ultimate warrior and you got to give props to Hulk Hogan because he really blasted wrestling off him by being in the movie Rocky three and they, you know, W whatever organization he was with really capitalized on that and blasted into the stellar sphere so anyway josh were you a professional wrestling fan or did you follow it at all do you know about dude, the von erics and all that dude oh, the shit, von old school. yes yes man the von erics the row warriors like everybody man dude i when i was a kid I'm, I, let me let me cut you off let me let me cut you off real quick dude von erics i know von erics Kerry Von Erich had a foot amputated and wrestled with a fake foot laced up in a boot for like a year because he didn't want anybody to know he was missing a foot. And if you go back and watch some of those matches, you'd never know. Yeah. Unbelievable. Sorry, Josh. I just had to say that. No, that no. dude was unbelievable. So if you go back to the patriarch of the Von Erichs, which was Fritz Von Erich, right? So, you know, Fritz von Erich, you know, WW, WWC, WWF, it just – so I was a huge fan of wrestling growing up. I knew it wasn't real. I was a kid, but, dude, how can okay, you Okay, first of all, get- you guys stop saying that the shit ain't real, all right? <laughs> We're making Roger Rogers Fake like, news. what? What do you mean it ain't real? <laughs> um, you know, you know, and so you make it, man. I do – I was straight Hulkamania. You know, you got the <laughs> Ultimate Warrior out there. You got Sergeant Slaughter. You got Andre the Giant. You know, I mean, dude, it was just, it, dude, wrestling was awesome. Like, it was it, it was fantastic. You got the Iron Sheik out there. And, you know, and it progressed into, I tell you what, though, one of my all-time favorite wrestlers was probably Mankind. And you're talking about Mick Foley, Mick right? Foley. Yep. Dude. That guy, that guy is a machine. 
all of them are machines. All of them are, you know. Remember when he was thrown off that cage by the Undertaker? Uh, yes. Dude, if you yes. guys and gals, okay, for those that, and I get it, it's more choreographed. Kayfabe is over those days. But uh, for those that think, oh, it's all fiction, go gurgle on YouTube where Mankind, I think it's WrestleMania, right, where he's thrown off the top of that steel cage by the Undertaker. And, yes. uh, dude, and then go gurgle like some of the interviews later. You know, he's like, hey, dude. man, I thought you were going to throw me off the cage. He's like, I did throw you off the cage. You fell 30 fucking yes. feet. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, it's on Netflix or Hulu, one of the two. But it's a it's a Mick Foley documentary, and they, you know, Nick Fo- Mick Foley comes on. He talks about his time and in the, the WWF and everything. And people are like, "Oh, that's fake." It's like talk to him about how many times he got hit in the head with a steel chair, like a no shit steel chair, and then tell me, "Oh, that's fake." Okay, let me hit you in the head with a steel chair, and then you tell me, "Be like, oh, that shit hurt is fake." Mick Foley, like, I mean, he has traumatic brain injury. You know, I mean, that dude's legit. But you, you know, you look at him and, you know, the, the barbed wire matches and everything like that. Dude, Mick Foley, and I think it, it might have been against The Undertaker or, or Chris Jericho. One of the two was like the retirement match. You know, it's like, okay, you know, whoever loses has to retire and they're gone from wrestling forever. Um, but dude, I was a huge fan of, uh, of wrestling. You know, I was a I was a Hulkamaniac. You know, for for years, <laughs> and uh, I love <laughs> me some Hulkster. And then, you know, you had the you know the Sting and and all that stuff. Um, you know, he's still wrestling. I, I, Sting is still wrestling. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. And I, you know, and I don't watch wrestling a whole lot nowadays uh, because it's you know it's got the it's got the rocks and the and the John Cena's and you know again you already mentioned John Cena. John Cena is a Chinese communist supporter, apologist, piece of shit. So he, he's done in my book, <laughs> and, and and even in his movies uh, with uh, with Mark Wahlberg, I forget what it was like, you know, stepdaddy or whatever. So he's he he's done, but yeah, it, dude, wrestling. And then they came out with the cartoon. They had the WWF cartoon. Yes, uh, I was a kid. Yeah, man. But you talk about you know, like you got Sergeant Slaughter, and then you got uh, God, I forget his name. You got Sergeant Slaughter. You got the Iron Sheik, and. Uh, and you go, oh, dude, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Who didn't oh, like Hacksaw Jim Duggan coming out with the two and four? He's like, oh, you know, dude, coming out, smacking people in the face. It was fantastic. I loved it, man. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, but you go back to the old school, like, you know, Luke's talking like the Von Erics, the W, you know, and then it was really before the WWE, but you got like Dusty Rhodes and you've got you know, the four horsemen, you know, Arn Anderson and Ric Flair. And it's just, man, it was just, it, God, it was so good. And so many of them just burn out long before their time. When you're talking about, you know, the four horsemen, you're talking about like Chris Benoit and, yeah. you know, Randy the Macho Man Savage. Who didn't like Randy the Macho Man Savage and Miss Elizabeth? Miss Elizabeth, when I was a kid. My probably one of my first crushes, like first like two, you know, probably top, you know, top two or three crushes, Miss Elizabeth, you know, with Randy the Macho Man. It was like, oh, man, it was just yeah, yeah, oh, man. It was so good. There you know were so what, many though? great wrestlers. That stuff's coming back. Like if you look at, and I still watch this stuff, and I take my boy every now and then when you know it comes in town. But so AEW. Uh, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, he's a Saudi guy, I think. Uh, so he started AEW 
And uh, it's like uh, all elite wrestling or whatever. So Dusty Rhodes' son, uh, Cody Rhodes, is like one of the executives. And he's also a wrestler. And they are bringing back like 1980s era wrestling. So they're trying to get rid of a lot of the, uh, yeah, no, not that son, not Stardust, not, uh, uh, what was his name? Not the other boy, not the bigger boy, but Cody Rhodes, but, or Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes was uh, Stardust. But so they are, they've actually taken uh, like John Moxley, who was with WWE. They're actually taking a lot of the WWE superstars and they brought in Tony Schiavone and a lot of these old WCW guys. Uh, and they're trying to take it back to that mid 80s, early 90s before it became, um, well, I guess before you started seeing the personal side uh, of their lives, they, they want it to be a show, right? Uh, and they want it to be wrestling. So it's less about all the, you know, dramatics and it's not a soap opera as much as it is, you know, you should, like Luke mentioned, I mean, you look at the athleticism of these guys and gals that are in there today, it, it is incredible. I mean, it is in truly, it's truly incredible. And so I think they are trying to focus on, more of that uh, than they are nowadays where WWE, you know, like I record it. Uh, I probably watch 20 minutes of it because I fast forward through most of it. And it's, you know, between the fireworks and the little skits here and there, it's like, hey, actual wrestling, right? You get like 20 minutes of it. And then those that are good at wrestling, uh, you get even less than that. So, you know, and like Josh, I mean, I, you know, I grew up a big time Road Warriors fan. Um, that was like my big time tag team. Always grew up as a as a Ric Flair guy, you know. It was uh, he was the guy that really revolutionized wrestling, um, and then took it to the Stone Cold Steve Austin era. And then when Stone Cold Steve Austin, who used to be a WCW guy, and you know he was like fired, right? Because uh, he used to be stunning Steve Austin. He, he kind of like Josh he used to have hair, and then now he doesn't anymore. But and me, uh, flowing gold golden locks or whatever. And uh, he came to Vince McMahon and was like, "Hey man, just let me throw in some black boots and some black trunks. Let me go out there and kick some ass and drink some beer." And they were like, "All right." But again, you know, you talk about those actors that resonate with those that that era. It's the same thing with the athletes. Like when you look at Stone Cold Steve Austin in the Attitude Era, which was the golden era of, of professional wrestling. It was just the the right wrestler with the right attitude at the right time that synced up with where we were as a culture. You know, give it everybody the middle finger. Fuck the man. You know, I'm drinking beer. And, you know, th- that was just it all meshed very well. And it seems like, uh, I don't know, in my opinion, you know, not just with wrestling, but you look at wrestling, sports, movies, everything. For, I guess, lack of a, a better phrase for it, it's almost like they're still searching for an identity. You know, it's like, what, what, are, we, what are we meshing with here? What are we syncing with here? And it's, uh, I'm not trying to turn all the fun into, you know, back into politics and culture, but you do see that. You do see that struggle. And it's, uh, I find myself nowadays watching more and more YouTube uh, with older matches, older sporting events, older things. I'm like, and at first, you know, years ago, I was like, man, who the hell wants to watch this? But now I see because I relate to it, right? I relate to that time period. I relate to what was going on in my life. Uh, that's why, you know, we didn't, we were going to talk about music, right? We're not even getting to music. We don't have enough time for it. But, you know, they say, you know, music, uh, you have such an attachment to it because it's, it's forever linked with what, whatever was going on in your life at the time, whether it was, you know, kissing your first girlfriend or, or, you know, first date or prom or, or whatever it was. But, uh, I don't know, Luke. I mean, what do you think? I, I, I get this feeling uh, having uh, a good shot of bourbon here that, uh, you know, it, it seems like they're searching for some identity, right? It's like, what are you, what are you really relating to? And, and, and maybe it's not, I don't think it's the end. Well, the industry is, is fueling that fire partially, but it's like society itself. I mean, 
you're even starting to get pushed back from the left now on, you know, pronouns and he, she, they, them, you're not they enough, or you're not them enough, or we're we enough. And it's like, you know, I don't even know we've, you know, as a society determined kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, it's, that's why everything sucks right now, man. You're right. I mean, I, I don't know. I, are they searching for an identity or are they just trying not to make the customer base angry? I, you know, both, um, you know, and pro wrestling, I mean, dude, it goes everything. Dude, just go back to your roots, man. Don't try to be something you're not. It's supposed to be, you know, portraying, you know, some some crazy violence with muscles and all that stuff. I mean, it's just <laughs> go back to your roots. You know, that's why movies suck. I mean, movies are just most of them that are supposed to be the big blockbusters just really aren't that good. I, I, I just don't, I don't think they are. And it's watered down and all that stuff. You got to go back to movies like. I think we're going to start seeing more. You know, we've talked about it before of these smaller budget movies that are kind of going back to what everybody truly enjoys. Like there was a movie called Extraction on uh, Netflix uh, with uh, Chris Hemsworth, you know, Thor. If you haven't seen that movie, dude, it's like, oh, it's like this takes me back to the 80s because there I mean, it's like action, fast paced, you know, it, it was, you know, violent and it was just a dang good movie, but it was, you know, it wasn't low budget, but it wasn't like a Hollywood blockbuster type thing. It's, you know, straight to Netflix, but man, it was good. And because it just went back to the basics, you know, it's not trying to make a statement. It's trying to entertain people, man. Just get back to that. You know, um, I don't know. You know, I like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Shout out to Ryan on that one. If he's, if he's still with us, I guarantee Ryan's still with us. Cause he's a big pro wrestling fan and he's, He's big on Stone Cold. We used to, you know, he'd get the pay-per-views at Fort Huachuca. We'd all go to his room and watch. Those are some good times. I love Stone Cold. You know, it's too bad that guy doesn't have a podcast because, uh, you know, don't say he does because we don't want he because we don't want people going he over does. and listening to that. Don't say that because now they're going to turn this off and go <laughs> listen. No, he. It's no, actually he, he does good, have a. It's actually a pretty it good is, podcast. It's it's very good and it, he's I. I yeah, I, I like Steve Austin. You know, I liked I liked the Goldberg thing. You know, I thought that was pretty cool. And you know, those those we, gosh, we could we again we we kind of thought this might be a short episode. You know, what are we gonna say? But it, it, it this ties into culture and everything. But you know, Bautista, you know, he made the transition over to movies, and you know, he's he's no John Cena. I'll, I'll tell you that. I, I don't know where he stands politically. I'm sure whatever, but. You know, he was really good in the Blade Runner movie. I thought he, of course, he's good as Drax in the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's hilarious. You know, so dry, doesn't take himself too seriously. And there's a new movie called like Army of the Dead or something. That's another straight to Netflix, you know, zombie movie. He, I thought he was pretty good in that. You know, and that's a wrestler that made the transition. He did a pretty good job. You know, Steve Austin obviously can do more than just, just wrestling. Uh, I'm sure there's some others. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, I, I did not know we'd be talking about pro wrestling, but it sounds like the three of us, we could probably do a whole episode on, on pro wrestling. Hey man, you know what? There people joke about it and people make fun of it, but there is a reason why WWE IPO several years ago and Vince McMahon is oh, a yeah. billionaire because there are that many, right? It's like, Oh, I'm so offended. Hey, look here, motherfucker. 50 shades of gray sold like 50 million copies. So don't tell me about you being offended, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, but you, you go back and you look at it, you're right. And so, you know, you know, you and Luke made great points. It's a, you know, it's a product of our time because back in the eighties, it was Hulk Hogan, red, white, and blue. It was, you know, it was hacksaw. Jim Duggan came out with this two before in the American flag. And it was against Nikita Koloff, right. Who came out waving the, you know, waving the, you know, the, the Soviet Union, you know, ha- hammer and sickle. And it came out, you know, the Iron Sheik, you know, come out waving out. And it was like, yeah, man, it was it, it was America. You knew exactly without question. You knew who the enemy was. Right. There, there was no question about it. And Americans, by and large, you know, you're talking about 1983, 1986, right? The miracle on ice. I wasn't a hockey fan growing up. I grew up in North Florida. We didn't have hockey, right? Hockey wasn't a thing when I grew up. But it was like when the when the United States beat the Soviet Union in hockey, it was the greatest thing ever because you beat the big red horde, you beat the Soviets, and it was amazing. It was like the Red Dawn, not the shitty remake of Red Dawn, <laughs> right? The original Red Dawn with Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey and, you know, Powers Booth, everything. It was, just, it, was, it was amazing. It was awesome. And you don't, you know, and you, you just, you don't have that now. And then, you you know, you went into the Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, Austin 316, because Stone Cold said so. And I remember Ryan, you know, Ryan's a, you know, Ryan's an absolutely huge Steve Austin fan. Um, you know, and it was it was fantastic. Um it's you 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 don't have that these days. And a lot of that, you know, and I hate to, you know, we're pull politics back in it, but you don't have that. You don't have that these days. There's no defined enemy because, you know, we know who the enemies are. We, the three of us know who the enemies are and the majority of our listeners know who the enemies are. But it's not politically correct to say that Putin and Xi Jinping are the enemy. People are like, oh, well, we don't want to offend anybody. But that's just, man, you know, and back, but back in the 80s wrestling, it was it was pretty clear and, and they didn't make no bones about it. And, you know. You have the Rick, you know, you have the Rick Flair's, and I love Rick Flair. And you know, I, I know Hulk Hogan's and Rick Flair's daughters are into wrestling, and they're starting to come out in professional wrestling and stuff. And you know, Rick Flair was like, you know, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And it was just, ah, man, it was fantastic. It was such a, it, it was a great time to, man, it was such a great time to be a kid. And <laughs> I was uh, skinnier, you know. I was in shape, I had a full head of hair. <laughs> yeah. Shit, dude. Life was good, yeah. man. Life was life was amazing for, for now. Sure. I'm the old broken down hacksaw Jim Duggan, fucking warped two by four, tattered American flag. You know, chest surgeries. I'm missing like half my you know pectoralis minor, and my pectoralis majors have always been too small anyway. So yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's times are tough, man. Is that what it's times? Are is tough. that what's called a pectoralis major? I thought it was another word. Anatomy. I, I may have just made that up. Uh, yeah, I may have just made that. I, up. I didn't. Uh, I didn't frame that joke well enough. Look, we're we're like we're like an hour and fifty minutes. Let, let's be real; nobody's listening to us. <laughs> right now, so, so <laughs> I'll make a prediction. I'll, I, I, not a prediction. I'm, I'll make what I consider an observation that could wake some people up, and it's about the the Olympics that are going to take place in Tokyo. Um, I believe that China is actually going to beat us in the medal count. And I think that could be, I mean, it's not going to change anything, but I think it could be kind of a wake up call. 
Um, Didn't they beat us before? In the well, Mount but that, they'll, they'll, beat in, us, uh, Beijing, they'll beat right? us really bad this time. Uh, and I think there's going to be a lot of surprises. I think they're going to come, they have, they will have come a long way in track and field, believe it or not. Uh, I just, I think that, man, if you don't see it now, after the Olympics, if I'm right, I mean, it's like this, you know, we got to change course on something or it's, it's not, uh, America's not going to be long for this century, you know? So, yeah, but I, I don't know. I think a couple people are still listening. If Ryan made it to the professional wrestling, he's, I guarantee you he's still listening. And I'll be interested. I, I really hope, you know, uh, people will go to the, uh, give us some, give us some feedback on this, you know, tell us, you know, your favorite basketball teams, your favorite professional wrestler, you know, uh, what you think about sports nowadays and, you know, favorite movies, favorite actors, all that stuff. Tell us if you think we're off base or you think uh, you've got a better actor than we do. And I guarantee you somebody, a lot of people are going to be posting like, oh, well, this is my favorite movie. And the three of us are going to be like, oh, I forgot about that one. You know, yeah. it always happens, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, Josh has had a good time. That's for sure. You know, happy birthday to Josh, <laughs> man. You deserve it. Uh, have a good time. Uh, I didn't realize your birthday was coming up, man. Um, so all you uh, identity thieves out there, remember, Josh, Josh said <laughs> when his birthday is, you know his first name. Uh, so uh, I'm sure, yeah. You know his favorite wrestlers, so those those passwords, Hulk, Hulkamaniac, <laughs> Hulkamaniac 98 or something like that. But Prayers, <laughs> vitamins, and whatever the hell else. It's, uh, you, know, it, you know, so... It, I always, always make fun of, and nobody ever really picked up on it. So I share a birthday, one, with Donald Trump. Winning. June 14th, I share a birthday Ah. with the United States Army. I was, some people, and I share a birthday, and so June 14th is also Flag Day, uh, so, you know, United States Army and, and I celebrate the same birthday. Some people say, well, you were doomed from birth to, you know, join join the United States Army. Uh, so I look at it, as, you know, as a blessing uh, as far as, you know, as far as that goes. Hey, man, uh, happy birthday to uh, to the United States Army. Uh, we're, you know, we're glad you're there for sure. Uh, but yeah, man, as far as. Uh, as far as I go, and uh, and the last go around, Ryan, I hope, man, I really hope you're still listening right now. Uh, I'll, I'll throw out Steve, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin because I know he's he, he's one of your idols, um, and uh, and that's that's fantastic. So I'll kick it over to uh, to Roger and uh, and Luke. We'll uh, we'll close this close this thing out. All right, uh, a couple minutes left. You know, we, we we did a pretty good job of keeping politics out of this. I mean, I think we did philosophize a little bit about, about wrestling and culture and tying all that stuff in. But a couple of things, um, man. You know what? If you haven't watched that Kamala Harris interview with Lester Holt, why well, haven't been to Europe either, dude? That she is actually getting beat up by the White House. Where the White House is like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, what does that have to do with? It's like. And if you've watched the following interview with the uh, Spanish reporter, that's like, so when are you going? And, you know, especially when you look at uh, English being a second language, a lot of times, you you know, they're very direct because it's textbook uh, translations and and interpretations. So when are you going? She's like, wait, I'm not finished. It's like, well, you know what? You guys have been in office since like January 20th and we're now into June. So, 
uh, you know, and, and not enough time to go into it. Hey, I don't know why you just wouldn't have gone to the border and, and squashed all this. Uh, you got the band listed on TikTok and WeChat. Don't use it. Uh, more to follow on that on the next episode. And I wanted to cover this, but I guess we can do it. Uh, UFOs, uh, CPI inflation up 5%. And Biden will be at the G summit, uh, G7 summit with, uh, you know, pushing the global minimum tax rate. So, Luke, uh, why don't you go ahead and close this out with your final thought in the last minute? Yeah, all these all these things Roger just mentioned, you know, we we uh, you know, we have limited time. So, you know, that's one of the reasons we're doing the website so that uh, you all can uh, read the same stories we're reading. And we're really looking forward to it. Uh yeah, I mean, we, we've only got about a minute left. We appreciate everyone listening. Uh, I'll throw this out, uh, breaking news, that uh, the Supreme Leader of Korea, Roger's ready to go to war because he said that K-pop is the devil. So Roger is, you know, his, he and his BTS, man, they took that personally. So, hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, thanks uh, to Carlton Zeus once again. Uh, he's my favorite musician. So there we hit on music, too. So politics is downstream from culture. So until next time. Keep your canteen cups full and tightly secured.